You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent, listener-supported radio. I'm back, back in the New York Brian! <laughs> Scott! <laughs> You're back! I'm back. I'm still on the road, but I'm back from vacation. Okay. Well, welcome back. Uh, I did the solo adventure, which you've done before, and it is not easy. <laughs> feels weird, right? It feels weird, and yeah, it's it's difficult. It's difficult to talk to yourself for an hour. Yeah, it's long. You know, I know you're you've been listening to a lot of Ryan Russillo lately. He does tends is sort of a solo podcast, although he does have somebody there that he can at least banter with a little bit. Well, and he usually has an interview. So he'll he'll do a good like 10, 15 minutes alone, but then the rest of that time is usually an interview. Of There's just, a guest, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh I you know, new respect for Francesa. Right. Although again, he callers, right? That's so that's true. what the callers are there for. That's to, true. So that he can play off of them and humiliate them and <laughs> humiliate make, himself sometimes. Make the great radio. Right. And that's probably why he was falling asleep <laughs> on the air. Right. Because <laughs> it was boring. Yeah. But yeah, I'm back. I'm tan. I'm rested, I guess. Not really. You know how vacation is more exhausting than. Well, yeah. I mean, we, we, we have kids. You have a so. family. It's not, it's not really a vacation. It's just no. work. It's a different kind of work. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. It's it's like, you know, we were on vacation as well. and But, you know, it wasn't quite the endeavor you guys did. We just kind of went out to Eastern Long Island. And uh, and you get back to, you do like a morning full of activities. You come back to the hotel and all you want to do is just lay down in the air-conditioned room and go to sleep. But instead, it's get sunscreened up and get down to that pool and be in that pool for like two hours right forever yeah, yeah no you got to keep them busy um but it was fun my kids are are they're getting better as travel partners um i don't know my daughter you know and alice my nine-year-old is uh turning into kind of a teenager you know she's getting into that sort of a lot of eye. I'm getting a lot of eye rolls these days, <laughs> and a lot of so say mean things to me. You'll, you'll get a kick out of this. So we were at the beach, and she wanted me to go out in the water with her, and I I didn't want to. <laughs> I wanted to just sit and read my book. You know, I'm like, can't I just? But she wanted me to take her in the waves, and they were a little rough, so she couldn't really do it by herself. And I was like, can you just let me sit here for a minute and read a book, and you play in the water. And she paused and she looked at me with with sinister intentions. And she said, your hair looks disgusting in the wind. (laughs) 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 Which is both true and personal and hitting a sensitivity of mine that she's aware of. And, you know, I'm, I'm losing my hair and she hit it right on the head, you know, like. (laughs) <laughs> I was making me think of that John Mulaney bit about like middle school kids, how mean they are, you know, like that's the thing I'm sensitive about. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so out of context. I mean, I, you know, I know your daughter pretty well, I think, and I expected it to at least be relevant to the topic at hand. You know no, what I mean? Nowhere off the no. top of the rope and then turned and walked to the ocean. Like, I'm going to leave you with that bomb. Right. <laughs> Why don't you just sit in that comment for the next 30 minutes and decide whether it was a good idea to not come in the water? I I thought something mean was coming, but I thought it would at least be relevant. Like you're lazy or, you know, you ignore me too much. No, just like she stood there. She was thinking, what's going to hurt? What's going to hurt? Insecure about that I can hit him with right now. And I just turned to my wife and I was like, Alice said something very mean to me just now. (laughs) And I told her and she started howling with laughter, obviously. (laughs) Oh, well, I'm so so sorry that that happened. Uh, (laughs) No, it's good. It's good. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, it's nice, too, that you've gotten a solid nine years of sweetness. I feel like my daughter is just already there. and <laughs> she's, she's six, and she arrived at that point, but she was like two and a half. <laughs> yeah, no. And it's she's still, it's okay. She's not totally a teen yet, but I can just, I can, you know, it's like, okay, this is what it's going to be like when she, the cutting remarks are constant. Oh, yeah. Right. And the eye rolls. The eye rolls. Almost hurts herself with the eye rolls. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We're all so stupid, children. Right. Yeah, uh, you yeah. all the answers. Right. Oh, good. You got it all figured out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Poor adults. You know, then you look back on when you were a kid and the way you talked to you. Especially when you are like 18 and you read like your first interesting book and then you're like telling your parents about how they don't understand the way anything works, you know, and they're right. like, sure. You got, you know, because you read that one interesting article. <laughs> I only have 50 years of life experience. So what do I know? <laughs> well speaking of parents i know you saw your dad uh which is really exciting did he what is what is his feelings about the upcoming giant season i'm hoping that he weighed in in some fashion or another yeah you know very funny you ask so he he made me feel better about our our uh young quarterback um he feels that the pressure being applied to young Daniel Jones is not entirely fair. Um, he's excited about the Giants. Um, he's been impressed with him. He feels like, you know, nowadays we're getting it's too quick the way we're kind of um, shuffling out these quarterbacks, you know, and, and instant putting this, you know, uh clock on them and and so he i was like okay i was like you know as you know i mean i've been kind of going back and forth on it and based on his rookie year was sort of encouraged and then last year it's just like again you're just trying it's hard to find the silver lining of of what we saw last year um but he's up he seemed optimistic okay and so he just thinks patience is necessary but jones has the talent that we require and right i think that is it that look, okay. we used to be, this used to be par for the course, right? That young quarterbacks took a few years and we didn't always expect this winning immediately. I think, you know, what's obviously a little different for the Giants is um, they are, this has been a prolonged stink, right? So it's not just dealing with the Daniel Jones era of stink. But the last years of the Eli Manning stink, and now you know this is pretty. This is a pretty stinky stretch. <laughs> yeah, well, I think you and I for sure are much have have been pretty consistent about blaming. Not, I mean, Daniel Jones ultimately has to be good in order for us to be good. But I don't blame him for how bad we've been. I blame, you know, Dave Gettleman first, Jason Garrett second. And then, you know, who knows next? I'm not, I'm not saying I blame Daniel Jones. And I actually think that's a very solid point by your dad. And because a lot of comps for Daniel Jones when he got drafted was Ryan Tannehill, that that was sort of like best case scenario for him or whatever. Right. And and I think Ryan Tannehill is maybe the current poster boy for don't give up on a guy too quick. He might benefit from, you know, with Daniel Jones, we, we don't want it to be a change of scenery, but you know, get the right guys around him, get some talent around him, give him like a real coach, a real offense. And, you know, maybe we got something there. Uh, so, you know, I think there's like this interesting thing right now. I feel like because of the how important the quarterback is, because of the rookie deals, you can get them on the cheap. If you can get a cheap quarterback, it's so valuable that there's this kind of thinking now about like, you might as well just keep taking swings on quarterbacks because they become just so valuable. But there is, a, a, you know, I think the counter there is if you're constantly, you know, one, it takes a lot to bring in a quarterback, learn the offense, get every, you know, it's a bit, that's a process. Like, and you can get stuck in a cycle of chasing the next guy, the next guy. 
but again, you don't want to you don't want to get stuck with the wrong guy, you know, like you saw like million teams over the years. But recently, like I, I think the Jaguars, when they they spent that extra, they made that AFC championship game with Blake Bortles and decided to kind of re-sign him and keep that going when they, they had opportunity to get a new quarterback. Um, you know, so you don't want to do that. But it, but you also don't want to get into the cycle of like co- like constantly searching for a quarterback. And maybe if you never stick with a guy you just never find one, you know? So it is a dance, but it's become so much more heightened, I think, because of the way the rookie deals are. And because every year there's an opportunity, you know, to get a new quarterback. And it's like this thought of the more lottery balls you kind of get, the the likelier you are to hit. Um, so I think that's kind of the way people are thinking about it, but I don't know, you know, maybe if you take, too many cracks at it you know maybe it's not good either right I think probably it should boil down to not whether a guy can win as in win it all but can a guy just keep you consistent can a guy keep you consistently not horrendous that's then that's really what you need because it's so hard look at Philly they had two guys now they have none Right. <laughs> you know, like how quick and how instant that seems to to happen. And yeah. you said it, you've said it a lot regarding the NBA, but I mean, it, obviously it's true in any sport. I mean, look at the Yankees where you could be right there or it appears to be you're right there and you should win a title in the next couple of years. And then not only do you not, but then in a couple of years you stink. Yeah. You know, and I, I, it's really hard. And, and so all we need is all any team should can really hope for is somebody who's going to keep you in the mix consistently. And it does feel like you shouldn't have to be one of these tippy top level guys just to keep a team consistent. And that that's like guys like Flacco made a career at something like that. And, you know, yeah, I mean, there's so many guys, right, where you're like, you know, like a Kirk Cousins or Matthew Stafford now, maybe in that category uh, where it's like, do you move on? Do you pay them big bucks? Like I do think that the, the rookie, the, the rookie wage has made this such a more, you know, you used to be, you had to pay, if you drafted a quarterback high, you had to pay him a fortune. So you had to be careful there. You really didn't want to pick the wrong guy. Now, you can pick a quarterback at six and if you hit, it's like a home run. But if you don't, you can get out of it pretty easily. You know, you used to be really locked in there. So, so now you get this cycle, I feel like where everybody's like, well, we might as well just pick a guy next year. But you know, it's, I think we're so early in that happening where it's pretty unproven how effective that is as a strategy of actually find, like I get the idea behind it. It makes a lot of, logical sense but it's is it like is that a good you know we don't really have a lot of evidence that that is a good way to find a quarterback because it does you know it's really hard to play in a full quarterback there is a lot to it there is a lot to learning the offense and getting to know your player teammates and um there's just time to it you know like um even if you think of like a guy like josh allen who had two sort of like uneven first seasons but the team was pretty good around him so like they were going to give him another, give him some time. And then his third year explodes. Um, so like, I guess it's just like this make or break around Daniel Jones. Maybe that isn't total. you know, I mean, like how good does he have to be this year for it to be a not break? You know what I mean? Like what, what is, what does break Daniel Jones mean to you this year? Like, what is, what does it look like? What if he's just okay? What if he's just okay? I mean, that's that's like we talked. It's funny because that's what we talked about last year. That's like the worst possible outcome, really, right? Like, I guess it depends on why was he just okay, right? You know, I mean, it's got to kind of be an eye test thing to a certain degree. So, what's okay? I mean, what do we do with him? Like, what's our record if he's just okay? We have a tough schedule. We really have a hard schedule. Yeah, I mean, let's say we're nine and eight, and he's okay. He's pretty good. He's all so, right. So, what pick do we have in the draft? Mid, mid first round. 
Yeah, see, then, like, I don't know. Are we getting anybody in the mid-first round that's going to be better than him? I don't know, but you could probably move up. Yeah. Or I wonder if we could buy a DeLorean and go back and draft Justin Fields, which was, <laughs> like, easily could have done. It's like a month ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, then I think it's – well, then you have to move up and you have to get your guy. Yeah, but again, you only do it if you're like so convinced that the guy you're moving up for is like markedly better. It's very hard to ever know if that's the case. Like you can feel strongly about Justin Fields, but like you really don't know. And then you're he's got to learn your offense. And, you know, I don't know. It's complicated, right? I mean, it's not. No, it's it's really hard. And especially and again, it goes to why. Why wasn't he good? You know, because. You're right. Does it make more sense to just hold on to him, get rid of Jason Garrett, hopefully? You know, we need another offensive lineman. If he doesn't play well, it's likely we need, we're going to, going into the next draft, being like, God, we need more O-line help again. Um, it's definitely not going to be because he doesn't have weapons. You know, could it be because of injury? I don't know. So that's a really tough call, but I see your point. Like, I don't think that a nine and eight season is definitely, we have to move on from Daniel Jones unless, you know, what we're moving on to is incredibly clear. Well, what's tough there too is like, let's say you're nine and eight and you're, he's okay. He's pretty good, but he's not great. And now it's like, you're, you're going into year four of Daniel Jones and well, okay, we're nine and eight. We're closer. Maybe we just need a few, but you're also on the precipice of having to pay him a fortune just to be okay. And so now it's like, okay, do we, <laughs> right. Do you, you know, you get into where like the Rams found themselves with Jared Goff and, and you know, they had much more success than we had and they were better than okay. And then decided to actually move on from him. But again, but, the, but first paid him. So you, you, you get into that place where you have to like, it's hard well, now. <laughs> yes, and but I also think and and you've I think you've kind of said this before, but uh you know, the I know that the the rookie the quarterback on a rookie contract is vital to your success narrative has strongly taken root in you know, sort of just football discussions. But if you look at the last 10 years of Super Bowl champions, you have basically two guys that won the Super Bowl on their rookie deal. You So it, we going back in time, Tom Brady won the most recent one. Mahomes was on his rookie deal when he won his Super Bowl. Tom Brady won the one before that. Uh, what's his name? Not Carson Wentz. Uh, Foles. That? Foles, yeah, right. Foles is the year before that. Brady the year before that. Peyton the year before that. Brady the year before that. Russell Wilson on his rookie deal won the year before that. Flacco, Eli, and Aaron Rodgers, and Drew Brees, and Ben Russell. I mean, like, I know it's become sort of the sexy thing in the NFL to say, like, you need a quarterback on a rookie contract so you could build a team that could win. But that's only really panned out twice in the last decade. Right. And it's a short window, like, and it yeah. takes time to develop a quarterback, right? It's like, but, you know, there's a lot of teams who are going to be, like, the Browns, right, are going to be look staring like let's say Baker Mayfield. Let's say Baker Mayfield is what he was last year, next year, and he's like good. They're a playoff team, but they lose in the second round, and you know he's okay. And and then you gotta you're staring like okay, <laughs> we're gonna have to pay him 150 million, and you know he's good. <laughs> Or do we roll the dice? You know, I don't know. It's this like that, that the way it's structured now, it's become this really hard thing of like, by the time you've developed a quarterback or discovered how good he is, you have to pay him a lot of money or <laughs> go backwards to get another young quarterback who's on the cheap. But then you're going through the, uh, the great unknown again. Um, it's tough. It is tough, but then I do think that NFL teams are going to save themselves a good deal of headache if they kind of hang on to their guy, right? Because so now the Rams and the Lions basically swapped expensive quarterbacks. Right. So, you know what I mean? These guys, they don't just fall out of the league. If 
Cleveland decides they don't want to pay Baker a prohibitive amount of money, somebody will. And then that team will have to build around an expensive Baker Mayfield. And then what does Cleveland do, especially off of a playoff appearance? Like, what's your backup plan? So I, you, you're right to say that you do have to kind of know who you have by the end of this rookie deal because you don't want to get stuck in no man's land. But if you also don't resign your known ent- resign your known entity, you end up in no man's land right. regardless. Yeah, it's just harder than people. It's really the problem with the, you know, it's like we, you know, the NBA has its problem with team building or the, the really hard thing is like you have to get one of these like five guys and the salary cap and it's just really hard to get them. And in the NFL, the problem, the thing that makes it so hard to build a team in the NFL is that the quarterback is so important and it's so hard to evaluate them in college. And then by the time you have a fair evaluation of them in the NFL, you have to make a torturous decision of whether to lock them in or like start over. And, and it's really difficult. Yeah. Very difficult. And it becomes even more difficult when you draft a guy and he goes through his rookie season. And then you realize that you have to restart everything all over again, completely. Yeah, And then you do that, and then your other best player gets hurt for the entire season, and you hire Jason Garrett as your offensive <laughs> coordinator, and then that year doesn't count really either. So you're not even really starting anything until at least his third year. That also, I think, kind of hurts your situation a little bit. Yeah. Have you been following this Kadarius Tony that the question marks around him and his <laughs> What did he do exactly? I, I don't know. It's something is an issue with his cleats or something and he couldn't practice because of a cleat problem and then you know in any <laughs> he obviously had some kind of checkered past in college though that remains also pretty vague and he's a rapper and that makes people nervous <laughs> and it's so weird the way he's been talked about it's like all so vague and like concerns you know he really didn't play much i guess in in these mini camps it's like look training camp hasn't even started like all this stuff is just like have they already screwed up the picks like i don't i mean come on let we'll see like i don't know what to make of it yeah neither do i i mean so there there's a, a view that i would i would hope which is you know they're saying that there were concerns they just weren't prohibitive basically right you know they weren't too bad and that's fine because i mean whatever not everybody is is perfect i have a number of character concerns about myself (laughs) you know (laughs) i mean when you're uh, getting hired for a job you think character concerns are (laughs) uh, yeah i think (laughs) yeah yeah some character red flags it's not off the table (laughs) If we're being, if we're evaluating fairly and honestly, yeah, I would say I'm not spotless necessarily. Um, So that's fine. But, you know, I think coming off of, well, Eli Apple was Reese, but, you know, DeAndre, the DeAndre Baker pick does not inspire a ton of confidence in the Giants' ability to properly assess that. Right. So... Yeah, I don't want to jump to conclusions either. And I, you know, it's just sort of a boring time in the NFL calendar. It's honestly a boring time in the in the New York sports calendar generally. So yeah. I think that people kind of need stuff to freak out about. But I also think it's, I, I'm not going to kill anybody for freaking out about this because we traded into the first round to draft a guy that was a complete disaster. Yeah, both as a player and a human being. Right. Seemingly those two things. Yeah, he had some tough. He did some difficulty with both, both, both things. Both, both so, parts. <laughs> both in the playing of football and in the living of human. Not committing serious felonies. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, I guess I think the concerns are valid, but uh, I, you know, I, I'll reserve judgment for later but uh, yeah i don't know and it's also like that that pick sort of annoyed me too like we got daniel jones all these i'm I'm just trying to (laughs) 
I feel like I'm on a Zoom call with my mother right now. That's <laughs> <laughs> my computer. I had my laptop on my lap, and it was starting to burn my nethers. Can so. I too? I I was visiting my mother on this vacation, and I had to help her with a Zoom set up a Zoom call for the Jazz Society of Vero Beach or something like this. <laughs> and it's four very old ladies of and a, and a gentleman. Um, and there was some issue where the woman, a woman on the other end couldn't hear my mom. My mom could hear her. My mom could hear the other guy on the call and he could hear her, but this one woman couldn't hear them. So it was clearly the woman had an issue where she, she could, she could be heard, but she couldn't hear anybody. And then there was another guy whose camera was off and he was muted the entire time and, and they never could figure out what his situation was. He was just present, but not talking. But anyway, my mom cannot handle the stress of this situation. <laughs> Assumes the issue is her and is like, uh, Brian, it, I'm not muted. Am, uh, are they muted? I'm not, Patty, I'm not muted. I, I, don't, I don't know why. Brian, <laughs> and i'm just like this the stakes here could not be lower why are we what is the let's all keep our heads about us and we will get the jazz society meeting underway as soon as these technical difficulties are dealt with it was unbelievable just the panic that set in was just unbelievable like was it a performance or was it just no, a- we're gonna talk about you know whatever that the, the the budget for the, you know, I don't even know what, I don't know. I don't know what they talk about, you know, but, <laughs> you know, they have a, there's a center where there's shows that are put on. I'm sure some logistics were going to, but again, the, the stakes were not high here. If the call didn't come off, Hey, we'll try it again tomorrow or another day, whatever. Right. Like, or maybe we all just email, right? <laughs> just doesn't it's just okay or we text whatever we'll figure this out and if everybody just stays calm we could probably figure this out but oh my god i i gotta say i don't want to get old so oh yeah do you have any just what how do we escape that you can't there is no escape i guess you just die early yeah right you could kill yourself i guess but yeah that's not a great solution (laughs) Right. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Shout out mental health. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's that's rough. But uh, you know, well, your mom can't handle Zoom. Kadarius Tony evidently can't handle his cleats. Right. Well, yeah, that's true. That again, the stakes are higher there. He's got to get right. out of that practice field. And, and well, play. I don't understand. How is the cleat situation unfixable? Like they must have extra cleats. I, I don't know. I mean, it is one of those things where you're like trying not to make a big deal out of it, but it's like, what? <laughs> what was the problem? Uh, why? Why? could What cleats? Put a pair of sneaks on them, whatever. Like, just get them out there. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. Here's the real problem is that if he does stink, then it's just inexcusable. Like, we need to riot as a result of that. I am advocating for rioting if if he's a disaster because he's also a guy that when we picked him, it was another Giants first round pick where people were like, what? Oh, I didn't see that coming at all. Not for the Giants and not at this spot in the draft. Never saw that one coming. Like yeah. that was sort of the thinking. So they get this guy earlier. They trade back and then take this guy earlier than he was expected to go. If he's awful, we have no choice, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? It's not yeah. good enough. Just It's not. It can't. The, the reaction can't be, oh, man, that stinks. We just missed on this one, I guess. Or oh, they've lost the benefit of the doubt where they can take a swing and have it not work out. And you're like, well, they know what they're doing. It's like they don't. Right. <laughs> Here it is. New York Giants. Kadarius Tony does drill shoeless due to wrong size cleats. New York Giants first round pick Darius Tony's opening practice with the team did not go exactly as planned. That was evident when he was seen running an individual drill Friday without a cleat. Shoeless KT was born at a necessity because of what he termed the wrong size cleats. <laughs> I don't understand. 
They have other cleats there, though. <laughs> they were? Don't they have boxes of cleats? Yes! How was it that fixed? That sounds more <laughs> to me like a failure of the equipment staff than Kadarius Tony. No? Day two started out much better Saturday as Tony took the field in two properly fitted cleats. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you had pants on, I guess. That's something. His shorts were properly sized. I don't know. I mean, it's also funny when you hear about an NFL player or team having the kind of problem that you face in high school. <laughs> you know, I can't tell you how many times I went out for a first, like, for first full padded practice, and there's a couple guys where I'm like, I really want to see if this kid has it or doesn't have it. And then he's like, oh, I forgot my belt. And so his pants are like, <laughs> around his thighs the whole practice and you know he's not him and you're just like damn it right i'm trying to figure out if you stink or not right and 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 yeah they just look like an idiot and you know Kadarius tony was shoeless but hopefully it's 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 not uh, a sign of of terrible things to come i have zero confidence in that but i i'm hopeful but i don't know if i'm making anything of the cleatless performance i you know i i don't know I, i think we'll figure out learn soon enough if uh He's bad or what? Yeah. I mean, also, if he's bad, it's bad for the team and that we wasted a first round pick and yada, yada, yada. But he's not a make or break guy for us this year. No, I agree. I mean, he's a luxury item. If he plays well, yeah. it would be great. Um, right. You know, I mean, it is a first round pick. So you don't want to, like, say there's no pressure on him because, like, it would be go a long way if he was, like, an, a real weapon. Um, but, you know, first round wide receivers tend to take a little longer. Um. Yeah, I don't think like the season depends on him having a big year, but like if he's bad, let's say he's a useless or just has no impact, and the line is bad, you would I would be like, boy, that was oh yeah. Why are we always doing this? We always seem to take luxuries when we're in need of essentials. <laughs> totally, totally. Like, like the Giants are a team that you send them out for like toilet paper and water. <laughs> And they come back with like Skittles and you're like, what the hell? It's so true. Do you remember? I think like you and I went to Boston or something. We went on, we like went somewhere for a weekend and you came home to your apartment to find that your two brothers had bought all brand new furniture. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like John Mara. You know what right. I mean? Like, he's just in place of your brothers. Like, it was amazing. Or... Yeah. My brother moved in with me literally at the end of like a year long, a year lease that I had on this apartment. And it, he was, we were going to live there together like two months until we then moved out, both of us. I just needed somebody to like finish up this lease for me. Or maybe it was a two year lease, whatever. But it was like two months we were going to stay there. And I go away for the weekend to visit my girlfriend. And I come back a new like armoire <laughs> new couch it's like what and he's like and then i was angry at him and he got mad at me and i was like i had furniture in here like why <laughs> and we're leaving this apartment shortly and it was money that neither of us had <laughs> to spend <laughs> and just was really quite something yeah i feel like that's that's like the giants draft off yeah 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 true yeah that was great i was nice furniture (laughs) right it's like i feel like going out to dinner with my brother and you haven't eaten in a week and you're starving and really you just need anything to eat and he starts that meal off with like 25 dollar pate or something and you're like i'm super hungry i you know (laughs) yeah i want like something I want to get right into it. <laughs> right. I don't want an expensive luxury appetizer. <laughs> All right, let's hit an ad read here. You're listening to Giants Among Men on Radio Free Brooklyn, independent listener supported radio. Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you, it, as it has been for so many, 2020 and thus 2021, 
were difficult years for us financially, and every dollar helps us stay on the air and allows us to continue our work in the community. Please help by pledging whatever you can. RFB is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all contributions are tax deductible. Please support with a monthly pledge or a one-time donation at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. Uh, all right. I want to ask you this. Giants over under is currently at seven. Are you taking the over or the under? Giants, what, wins? Is that seven? Yeah. Wow. There's 17 games, right? Yep. Hmm. I'm taking the over, Scott. You're taking the over. That's a. I'm that's, taking the over. I respect it. I don't know that I agree with it, but I respect it. <laughs> I think we're going to be okay. Uh, I, I don't know. Again, I think as I've said, uh, it, it could be a total disaster. Um, but I, I'm I'm optimistic. I think we're going to be a good team this year. I don't know. All right. I think Daniel Jones is going to be good. I think Joe Judge is probably a good coach. I think our defense is going to be even better. Um, I think the offense has a chance to really stick a step forward. You know, it's going to be the offensive line. If that, if all, all of these things don't work out, the Giants are seem super, super confident about it. Everyone else is like taking a huge wait and see on it. Um, I, I think we're going to be pretty good. All right, so let me give you our opponents, and you're going to tell me win or loss. And when I name a division team, you're going to give me our record against them. So, you okay. know, because we've got to play them twice, right? All right, Denver. A win. Okay. Washington. One and one. Okay. Atlanta. A win. The Saints. A loss. Okay. Dallas. One and one. Okay. The Rams. Hmm. I guess a loss, but we'll see. Carolina. A win. Kansas City. A loss. The Raiders. A win. Okay. Tampa Bay. A loss. <laughs> Philly. 2-0. and oh. Yeah, we're going to have to. All right. Miami. A win. The Chargers. An L. And the Bears. A win. All right. So you have us at 10 wins. All right. Look at us. We won 10 games. <laughs> <laughs> as, as Tom Coughlin famously said, 10 wins in the NFL, you can kiss my ass. Right. That was a good segment. That was very Mike and the Mad Dog, where they would go through like Don Drysdale seasons and, and pull out all the Hall right. of Fame ones. <laughs> right, right, right. Yes. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to do the same thing. I want, and I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, le, I'm less optimistic than you. So you just got to count them, just on your fingers. Just make sure you're counting them, so we know what I'm at the end. Okay. Right. I'm going to say I'm, I'm, I'm very scared of Denver. That's one of the best defenses in the league. Week one for Daniel Jones. Okay. So I, I, I'm afraid of Denver. I'm going to say loss there. I'm going to say we lose both Washington games. Let's beat Atlanta, lose to New Orleans. Can, I, can people calm down about Washington? You really think Washington's going to be like that strong? Like they were, they were lousy last year. Yeah, I, I know. Ryan Fitzpatrick and people are acting like Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's been on one decent team in his life. Like no, he's the Ra- throw a lot of picks, and you know they got what's his name, Henneke, or what's who's the other guy. Yeah, I know, defense, I know Chase Young is going to be great. I know Ron Rivera is, I guess, a great, a good coach. I, I, I sort of don't get the Ron Rivera is like an amazing coach thing. Um, he had a decent run in Carolina. He wasn't like amazing. No, I agree. I and I and I I also hate the Ryan Fitzpatrick stuff. Everybody needs to calm down. Same with Matt Stafford. Everybody's got to calm down. I don't know why these guys are suddenly so awesome. They're like never on a good team. So I don't know why they're so good. Uh, so I, I am there with you. I agree with that. 
I guess it really just does boil down to I don't have a ton of confidence in Daniel Jones and I don't have a ton of confidence in Jason Garrett. And the, like, unfortunately, we pay, play a ton of good defenses this year. Right. You know, and, and Washington is going to have like a really awesome front defense. Right. And our offensive line, maybe they're good. I hope they're good. I want them to be good. I don't trust them. Well, yeah, that's fair. You know? Let me see. I think our wins are. I think we got to go two and zero against Philly. We're gonna take one off of Dallas. I think we're gonna win at least one of the Miami Chargers Chicago threesome. I I feel like I personally need us to beat Carolina. I think we'll beat the Raiders, and if we get Atlanta, that's right to seven. So that's the push. So we got to pull off an upset somewhere, and it seems most likely that it'll come from Washington, Denver, or you know one of the uh, another one of uh, Miami, the Chargers, and Chicago. Well, it's like Denver's a good opener because it is like a team that you can talk yourself into, but they're not like a great team. You know what I mean? Like if we look bad against a team like that week one, it would give you it'll tell you a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very concerned about their defense, especially yeah. their secondary is awesome. Right. And, and that's who Daniel Jones has to guess, open. You know, they have Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. I'm not a big Teddy Bridgewater fan, um, personally. Yeah, no, so I that, agree. That doesn't scare me. Their offense doesn't scare me at all, but yeah. they're also at the very top of the Aaron Rodgers rumor list. Oh, well, that would obviously change my... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that. I get that. I'm yeah, just yeah. saying their defense to me is scary enough on its own. Right. That I'm worried that we get them week one. And then if they get Rodgers, that's, that's you know. But so, you know, I, I'm just – I'm very concerned about the defenses we have to face. Yeah. So, like – I mean, look, I, a lot of those that I said were wins, um, I could easily see being losses. But – um. You know, the Broncos were 5-11 and 11 last year, so yeah, I might as well give us a win there. Yeah, you're right. They drafted ahead of us and, you know. Before, if we lose to them, then. Or if I can't preseason <laughs> console myself that maybe we'll beat Denver, then I might as well not even bother showing up this year. <laughs> if I can't fool myself. I mean, I look, 10 wins I don't really think is realistic. Um I'd love to go nine and eight. That would be great. Um, yeah. I would settle for that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Okay. Shifting gears. Dame Lillard. Trade for Dame, trade for Dame Lillard that sends RJ Barrett out. Sign Kyle Lowry. Sign Lonzo. Four years, max deal, or sign Reggie Jackson? Um, well, I don't know. You know, the Damian Lillard thing, it's interesting how it seemingly blew up this week, even though nothing's happened. <laughs> right. Um, but suddenly everybody was talking about it in Nick's Twitter land and Nick's discussion. You know, it's so tough, man. Like, he's so good. It would be so fun. I, you know, I think I would be really aggressive on the Damian Lillard front. So that means I would put RJ Barrett in a trade for Damian Lillard. That said, I would not give them, I don't know, it's so tough, right? Because it's like, once you go into that, once you go down that road, right? Then anything you exclude from the deal feels trivial. You know what I mean? Like, it's like when we traded for Carmelo Anthony all those years ago, and, and it was like we had to throw in Mozgov, and people were like, what? Who cares? Like, and it, it's insane to hold up the deal for Timofey Mozgov, but it's more like the principle at stake of like, I don't want to give up everything. So, like, right. if I'm throwing RJ Barrett in that trade, I'm not just saying blindly, like, okay, then you get every pick and quickly and Obi and whoever you like. That seems extreme to me, given he's 31 years old. If he wants out, if he's coming to the Knicks, it's because he's told them that's where he wants to go. Like, I would be a little judicious, and especially because we do have nice options like signing a Kyle Lowry or 
drafting players and continuing this sort of slower ascent. I would be judicious. Now I would put RJ in a trade um, and that would be really painful, but like, I wouldn't be like, here's everything we've got. Yeah, I agree. I agree. An, an, an RJ OB quickly and picks that's unacceptable. That's not that's too much. Yeah. Right. Like, come on, we should have something left that we can, add to this Lillard piece, um, whether it's Obi or quickly or, you know, a, a dr- and it, holding back a draft pick or something. If we're giving you RJ Barrett, like that's what you get is right. RJ and first round picks. And then maybe one other, pl- you know, if it's quickly, okay. Or if it's Obi, okay. Both of them though, I'd really rather not do. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I just, I think, you know, too many people got too they drank too deeply from our success and they can't handle it now. <laughs> yeah. And I get like, he's so good that it's like, just give everything. But like, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to pay a big price for him. He's that good. Like uh, I'm not saying, you know, again, I said trading RJ bear is a big deal. He's 20 yeah. years old. He's like going to be an all-star someday. I think like, that's a big deal. Um, but when you look at some of these other trades, like what what Houston got for James Harden, or what you know Oklahoma City got for Paul George, like I'm not going above any of that. Yeah, I would say of all the guys who changed teams over the last couple of years, so we're talking about even if you go, I guess you have to go back to Anthony Davis to get to find a prospect the caliber of RJ. Yeah, that, I mean, look, they, got the was, they got they gave they gave every they gave every good, but they did keep Kuzma. You know, they they kept right. a piece. So like that to me would be the equivalent of like okay, and they also had LeBron, so I mean, they was, can be was, much more aggressive. You know, I was just like, about to say, all due respect to Julius Randle, they had LeBron. Yeah, so like they can get rid of everybody. <laughs> yeah, because they can Alex Caruso step in and win a championship. Right. But every other team, you're 100% right. Every other star player who changed teams, no one RJ's caliber. Got it. Well, like, Paul George, they did get Shea, whatever his name is. And that, to yeah. me, is, like, that's sort of equivalent. But then they, you know, they threw in, like, what, Gallinari. Um, but it wasn't, yeah. like, it's not, like, a multiple t- you know i think obi has all-star potential personally even though that maybe that seems crazy uh, I mean, all-star might be extreme but i think he has potential to be very good i think quickly could be really good like i'd like to keep one of those guys i think that's fair uh no question and a pick somewhere that's- right or make it a swap so that we like have picks yeah right um and i definitely want to keep mitchell robinson because like i think he's important so but his contract. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I you know I want to be good if we're getting Damian Lillard. I don't want to like not be that great and have Damian Lillard. Yeah. If we're doing that, we then I want to win. And not to mention, look at the Clippers. I, I mean, just because we get these guys doesn't mean we're going to win. Right. You know, and and look at Washington. They have Westbrook and Bradley Beal, but we finish the season ahead of them. Yeah, you know, there's been some decent Bradley Beal talk that that's still a possibility for the Knicks, um, which would be pretty interesting. Yeah, that situation I feel like has gotten a little too weird for me, where it's yeah. like, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's too, I, I I can't tell what's real, what's not there. He's giving, I'm giving less, even less for him, you know, like I'm not, Yeah. I probably put in RJ, but like I'm not, then you get RJ and a pick, you know, right. like, um. I'm not giving you the, the Lillard package. Yeah. See, um, I don't know. I don't know the Washington does that though. Cause then, then what do you have? Well, you got a player to build around and a pick and may, or maybe it's, uh, I'm just not, I'm not giving you every pick we've got. Like you can have Obi and RJ and a pick. Yeah. Um, I'm not giving you like four picks or something like that. Right. And we're trapped. Um, I don't know. Yeah, and your other options, like I'm really, I don't know, like <laughs> Lonzo Ball. I just, I don't see it. Yeah, I'm off him. Yeah, yeah. Reggie Jackson's interesting. I saw Macri, Nick's film school had a pretty interesting piece on that. Like that would have to be, you'd have to see the deal, right? Like, 
Yeah. What are we talking? Yeah. Uh, well, he was, you know, he was proposing around 15 million, which is, you know, great. But is that what his value is? I don't know. Yeah. Like if that may be like a two, three year deal, that's like not crazy. Like, sure. Yeah. And as long as you bring him in and everybody understands, like he's not the missing piece. He's just like a nice little upgrade. Um, I could see Lowry. I feel like it's almost too foregone a conclusion that he wants to go to Philly. And yeah. Philly's a mess. They got to figure out what to do with Ben Simmons. Like, I, you know, I don't think Kyle Lowry in the mix is helping Ben Simmons if he's still on their roster, even if they're looking to move him. Yeah, right. And God, are they going to do that? Are they going to move him? I don't know. I mean, you know, there was like 24 to 48 hours on Twitter where he didn't even belong in the NBA. <laughs> right. Yeah, people were like going to ship him to China or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, uh, I, you know, who knows? It's um, funny because he's he's still very good. There's like I, I can think of like twenty like ten teams I could put him on that he would play a super interesting role. You know, it's just like yeah, you know, so interesting the way we talk about these guys, um, including us. By the way, like if he was on our team, he would have a very interesting role. Oh yeah, right. I would probably trade for him. Like I don't know what I would give up for him, but I'd, I would love to have him. Um, I mean, I don't really like him, but. I mean, we have this player that is an all-star, but for his opportunities, named Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox. He's working on his handles, Scott. He's working (laughs) on those handles. Next year, he could be big. That's the year. Yeah. You know what? Actually, let's talk about Kevin Knox. But I actually have an ad read, Scott. Oh, great. I'm seeing an email um, that we're supposed to do. Oh, great. So I'm going to do it. Yes. Radio Free Brooklyn is sponsored in part by ProCare Biomedical Repair, offering little or no cost medical braces. More information is available at 844-598-6639. How about that? I feel first of all great job with the ad read. <laughs> Second of all, I feel like I want I want to check that out. I mean, imagine no cost medical braces? Are you kidding me? What are the other kind of braces that aren't medical? Well, there's some really high cost, um, you know, fun braces, <laughs> which is just a garbage product. Um, but yeah, speaking of medical braces, Kevin Knox. <laughs> Do you really want to talk about Kevin Knox? Um, no, I mean, I. Do I want to talk about Kevin Knox? No. Do I like talking about Kevin Knox a little bit? (laughs) I don't know. He's interesting. Not Kevin Knox per se, but the Knicks are in this interesting, they just have, there's, there's like four or five Knicks where I can, you know, like I would be intrigued of like seeing what, what could, what could, you know, not doing that much this off season and just hoping for improvement. And like quickly, Obi, Mitchell Robinson, and Kevin Knox, last of that group. But like, where then if you did just do a Lowry or a, even a Reggie Jackson, and could you convince, you know, and then just seeing what that quartet of players could improve, like, would that be depressing or would you sign up for that and maybe i don't even put Knox in there i do think there's a player in there that could be harnessed if and maybe this year was a good experience for him he was on a good team he had a good coach maybe he learned how to you know i think there's a want to that's missing with kevin knox and there's talent there you're freaking me out okay (laughs) I truly believed in my heart of hearts that we had all just moved on from Kevin Knox. This was never even going to be a discussion ever, ever again. And I don't know why. Listen, everything you said, I would be fine with. I would be totally fine with an offseason where all we walk away with is, is Kyle Lowry or Reggie Jackson. We got incrementally better and we're still poised and we have, you know, picks and we're still poised to do something if we need to make a move we can make a move i'm all in on all that stuff i just don't think kevin knox is relevant to any of it 
Like right. I, I think of all the names you listed, we're all and it's just like Kevin Knox was just he was garnish. There's but, no chance that he that that happens. You think zero. Uh, zero percent chance i think kevin knox is fool's gold and kevin knox i don't understand it anymore i just i think that you matt and all of twitter are just trolling me specifically with kevin knox i don't know why we even talk about him because he was the ninth pick in the draft that's why he's the ninth pick in the draft he's 21 years old he's 21 years old he played his rookie season at 19. He stinks. He's 6'7", 220 pounds of fury. <laughs> he went to Kentucky. Like, there's pedigree here. I mean, that's always been He went to Kentucky. We're the pro-Kentucky team. Not, this is not an argument that he should have played or that... He's not being given a fair shake or that the Knicks should go into this season prioritizing Kevin Knox. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying he is a person on our roster who I have not totally given up on as a potentially useful basketball player on the New York Knicks. I can accept that a little more. I still vehemently disagree. He was the number 10 um, prospect in his high school class. Where is he from? Where did he go to high school? He is from... I don't know. But his average rank was 10. Then he went to Kentucky, had an uneven season there. Ah, well, there's a shock. Uh, Tampa. He went to Tampa Catholic in Tampa, Florida. That's right. I I did know that. Yeah. He stinks. (laughs) I I think you're right. I mean, I do think you're right. I just saying, um, I get the dream. I get the dream. Boy, it would be something if he could show up and he's knocking down three balls and, Uh, you know, it's just like, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's the ninth pick in the draft, you know, like you get good players there. He was from Kentucky. Like he's tall and long and he should be good. Why can't he be good? Right. He should be. Like, <laughs> a lot of things should be. There's like, not. Right. He does look, he's really bad when he plays on the Knicks. I'll say that. Yeah, oh yeah. All right. We spent way too much time on Kevin Knox. We got about one minute, just under one minute left. We're going to do a All brief right. lightning round. Have you seen, the trailer for the many saints of newark no but i am super excited oh my god then you have to watch the trailer if you're excited and you haven't seen the trailer i don't like to watch trailers i like i like nothing i like no knowledge i don't want to go in when i see it i know nothing but i'm gonna see it can i tell you one impression of my one of impression i had of the trailer okay was very very concerned about michael gandolfini Oh, really? Yeah. So it's James Gandolfini's son, right? Is yes. playing the role. Is yes. he in anything? No. Not that oh, I've wow. ever seen. Wow. No, no longer concerned. Oh. So I feel a huge sense of relief. Wow. So instantly, no concerns about his potential performance. I wouldn't say zero concerns, but I would say I had a lot, and now I'm like, okay, I, I'm confident he's not going to tank the movie. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then last question, do you stand with Rachel Nichols? <sighs> yes and no. You know, I think it was crappy what she said, her comments. But I think I blame ESPN much more for the whole thing. I sort of agree with you. I think what she said was really crappy. But I know that I say a lot of things about a lot of people when I don't think anyone else can hear me and I would yeah. never, never want any of it to get out. And I'm not even talking about racial things. We're just talking about general life. She but was venting and yes. you know, I, I think <laughs> she should own it and be like, look, I, that was a shitty thing to say. And yeah. in no way, like Maria Taylor is perfectly qualified and attractive and good at her job. And every bit as good as Rachel Nichols is and has every right to like get those assignments. I will say like you and me, we're on radio free Brooklyn so we don't have no career. We have nothing. We're nothing. Right. 
I don't know. I just don't understand the way these people think. Like, so I can't get in the headspace of like, like Rachel Nichols, like did, who get, who cares? Like you, yeah. <laughs> you've got a million stuff. Like they want to give it to Maria Taylor. If they did it, let's say they were doing it because of the climate. Like, so what? Let her, let them do that. Right. Like, you're but still there. You're still there. You have a great job. You have a great career, great life. Like, don't worry about it for a second, but maybe that's why she's on ESPN and you and I are not. That's true. All right. With that said, thank you for listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. And uh, <laughs> we're so happy to be on. Right. <laughs> All right. See you guys next week. <laughs>